The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TF Today. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Carrollton, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, which you can do so live every weekday at noon, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, is Nick Offerman. Sitting over here. How about that? Is Greg Swanson. Tepper. No, I'm sitting over here. Greg Tepper, happy birthday. Everybody on Facebook, in the comments, let's wish Mr. Tepper the happiest of birthdays. It's Nick Offerman's birthday. Mike. That's, I'm jealous. You share a birthday with a great man, a great great American. Also Michael Vick, so mm, mixed bag. Uh, And Derek Jeter. Uh, big, big day. And Ariana Grande, who is a thing. Ooh, hey, okay. What is her thing? Is she the one who likes to be carried around like a baby? Uh, I think, isn't that Cardi B? I don't, I don't know. know. Ariana Grande is, uh, the one engaged to Pete Davidson all of a sudden. I don't know. She's in the Kia commercials. I'm so... You're just an old. I'm so bad at pop culture. <laughs> I really, yeah. really am. Today is Tuesday, June 26th, 2018. 149 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 582, 582. Nick Beerbrouts, ERA, as a Texas Ranger. Four games in 2004. Uh, here is a, an incomplete list of pitchers who started a game uh, for the 2004 Texas Rangers. Uh, John Wasden. John Wasden. Ricardo Rodriguez, nice. Juan Dominguez, Nick Regilio, Scott Erickson, the aforementioned Nick Beerbrout, Mike Bassick, who also gave up the uh, record-setting home run to um, the Barry Bonds, Colby Lewis, who ended up being pretty good, Mickey Calloway. That was Colby Lewis the first time he was with the Rangers. Mickey Calloway, Cameron Lowe, and Sam Naren all started games for the 2004 Texas Rangers. It was a bad team. Yeah. On today's show, guys, big 7-on-7 seven seven preview. We are going to have Matt Sepp on the hotline here in just a second to give you a preview. He might even be on the hotline already the waiting. 7-on-7 seven seven tournament. Um, we're going to get into that. In the back half of the show, uh, this is just a full Matt Sepp show uh, because he talked with the head coach of the Crum Bobcats, Coach Alan O., uh, and he will join us coming up. This is here. just going to be the Matt Step half hour. It really is. It's, it's mostly awesome. Step. Uh, we're getting questions about magazines. You're wondering where they are. They will begin to hit shelves on Thursday. The way this works is that they're getting into warehouses today and tomorrow, and then they have to go from warehouses to stores. Sometimes it goes faster than other times. So yeah. you may see them as early as Thursday on on there. Generally speaking, it'll take a little bit of time. Sometimes, if you're talking about like El Paso and and the Rio Grande Valley and like the far nether regions of the state, it may take up to like ten days to trickle yeah. out. But you will start to see them on shelves on Thursday. Of course, you can become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, and we will drop it in the mail for you today. So that's also an option. Anyway, that's the update on the magazines. I guess I should probably do. I don't really need. Nah, to let's reset, just go. Right? Let's, let's, steps on the hotline. Let's just go to him, man. Max, let's go to the hotline. 
Let's bring in the Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider and soothsayer of all things yes, seven on seven foot football. We're joined by Matt Stepp. Hello, Matt. How are you? Hi, boys. How are y'all? We are doing very excellent. Uh, I know that this is a very exciting time of year, uh, especially for you. Seven on seven is here. The state's the state seven on seven tournament uh, is is starts on Thursday in College Station. The Dave Campbell's Texas Football Crew will be there. Um, step first and foremost for people who may not be as familiar with the state seven on seven tournament. Can you give people kind of a basic overview of of how it works, how you qualify to get here, and and then once you get to College Station, uh, what all is going to go on yeah so the qualification process uh there are three divisions um of seven on seven sanction state seven on seven uh football um division three which consists of class schools in class 3a division two and below uh division two which consists of class 4a 3a division one and smaller private schools and then division one which is class 5a 6a uh, large private schools and SPC private schools. Mm-hmm. Um, teams qualify by uh, playing in one of the uh, state qualifying tournaments, which are held starting in late April and go all the way through May uh, and through most of the month of June. The last last tournament actually uh, wrapped up Sunday in Houston. Um, so if you, uh, depending on the size of the tournament, if they take two, three, or four qualifiers, if you finish in the top uh, part of that tournament, either the top two, top three, or top four, you uh, advance to the state seven on seven tournament, which um, has three separate divisions this year for the first time. Uh, division three has sixteen teams. Division two has forty eight teams, and Division one um, has uh, is a sixty four team uh, gaggle of uh, football. So if you like, uh, if you want need a, if you need a real football fix this time of year, um, with one hundred and twenty eight teams coming to College Station uh, Thursday through Saturday. Uh, you can definitely get a football fix in this weekend for sure. And I think that you you brought up an interesting point is that it's just a fix. I don't think anybody is is necessarily suggesting that uh, winning a state seven on seven tournament guarantees you a state championship. But there is some data out there to suggest that if you're pretty good at seven on seven, then you've got a pretty good shot to be decent at least in the in the in the fall. I know that's a lot of qualifiers there, but but it seems like you know I think there there's a, a group of people who poo poo uh, seven on seven totally out of hand. Um, I'm not, I think, and I'm interested if if you agree, I don't think that it's necessarily the strongest indicator of whether or not you're going to be good in the fall, but I do think it is an indicator. Yeah, it's, it's the chicken or egg theory, right? I mean, some people would say, well, they're good at seven all seven because they're good at real football. And I would, I would probably tend to agree with that. Um, I think recently, I was, I was tweeting about this last night. I think last, I think in the past, this is a pretty, pretty, uh, strong indicator for me uh, in the past five years there have been 80 teams who have advanced to the final eight of the championship bracket either either division one or division two in state seven on seven of those 80 teams 16 the following fall played for a state title hmm. which is 20 percent that's pretty i mean 20 percent that's that's a pretty significant number when you can think about the number of teams who actually really play for a state title in the fall so um, I thought that was interesting, and, and if you look at the 7-on-7 Primer article, which we posted um, on Monday, um, we talked about um, the record in the fall of the teams who made the quarterfinals last year, and I believe in the Division One bracket it was, I think, 77-18, and 18, and Division Two was 87-18. and 18. Mm-hmm. So 
um, really good, you know, really good indication. It's there's a correlation there. I think there's mm-hmm. it's not causation by any means. Um, I think there is a relationship there. Um, I don't think it's because necessarily they're, they're good at seven on seven. I think they're, those teams would be good in real football if they played seven on seven or not. But I think if a team kind of rises up and has a good run in seven on seven and makes it to the quarterfinals that maybe we didn't expect, uh, maybe you go, okay, let's let me keep an extra eye on this team in the fall because they could uh, be could surprise some folks. And so let's dive into kind of uh, the pools were announced last uh, last night of as far as who's going to pl- be playing who. And, and in a lot of ways, you've got to kind of think of it uh, kind of like the World Cup. Uh, you're in a pool of four, and then you, you play a round robin, um, and then y- you advance out of that particular group. And so, Steph, I want to ask you, let's start with Division One. Uh, that, of course, is 6A and 5A, and then large private schools are will play in Division One. Uh, when you look around the field, um, what teams are you maybe most intrigued by? Uh, in Division One, I'd say there's a few. Um, I'd, I'd start out in El Paso. I really want to see uh, what El Paso Parkland brings to the table. Um, having qualified for their first ever state seven on seven tournament, uh, they've got a good group of players returning. They've got a, a, a transfer from across town, uh, wide receiver uh, Hatib Lyles, who um, transferred in from Franklin, is now at Parkland. Gives them a Division One receiver. Interested to see how they play. Uh, Beaumont Westbrook. Um, they they were really strong and really impressed in their qualifier in Lufkin, and they've got I think two or three Division One or two. They have a couple of kids committed to North Texas already. So uh, if you're a Mean Green fan, Beaumont Westbrook might be a team uh, to keep an eye on for sure. And um, I really want to see Hutto and Denton Geyer. Um, Denton Geyer's got the young quarterback Eli Stowers, who uh, everyone just raves about. Um, see how he's progressed um, from the first tournament to now. And then Hutto, with all, all their weapons, uh, Chase Griffin, the UCLA committed quarterback, uh, and all that all that skill talent, really interested to see uh, how Hutto performs uh, in a very tough pool, which we'll talk about in a minute, I'm sure. And, and you know, you, you kind of transfer right into it, is that, you know, I know that when they do the draw, it is essentially designed to make it as balanced as possible across all pools. They want it to be so that you know, so that everyone's kind of playing a similar style. So it's it's not as stacked in one pool as opposed to another. But inevitably, kind of like with district realignment, uh, there's going to be that pool of death uh, when you look at the Division One pools, which you can see at TexasFootball.com. Um, which which pool stands out to you as maybe the toughest? The toughest, I would say, is is, is probably Hutto's pool. Um, they've got a really dynamic um, Friendswood offense in their pool. Um, Lubbock Coronado really impressed last year at the state seven on seven tournament. Blair Conright is a really good receiver that I think um, is really underrated. And then Fort Worth Nolan is probably the best private school seven on seven team uh, in the state of Texas. So um, that's a really good pool. I think Pool I, which features the defending champion Lake Travis with Hudson Card and Garrett Wilson, along with uh, Spring Westfield and Richardson Pierce is a good one. Mm-hmm. And then Pool, pool D maybe the deepest pool with uh, a really good Hebron team. Um, Beaumont Westbrook, who we just talked about. Um, Arlington Lamar, who's qualified for every 7-on-7 state tournament since it started in 1998. And then you got, oh, there's a team called Katie in that pool as well. So oh, yeah. um, those are probably, yeah, I mean, those are probably the best uh, three pools that I really had my eye on uh, coming up this weekend. We're talking with Matt Stepp, previewing the State 7-on-7 seven seven tournament here on Texas Football Today. Get involved the conversation, hashtag TF Today. And so, Stepp, normally we'd be talking about just the other the other 
division. But now there's the extra division. We'll get to Division 3, the new Division 3 here in a moment. Uh, but now let's go down to Division 2. And Division 2 is going to be 4A teams, 3A teams, and then smaller private school teams. Uh, and so I want to ask you, or 3A Division 1 rather, uh, I want to ask you, you know, kind of the same question. Wh- what are the maybe two or three teams you've got an, uh, a special eye on that you're interested in getting eyes on uh, down there at the 7-on-7 seven seven tournament in, in Division 2? Well, I'll start in uh, District 7-4A Division 1 um, with Melissa, who I, I believe is probably the favorite to win the tournament. If I had to pick a team to win the tournament, uh, quarterback Brendan Lewis, wide receiver Kennedy Lewis, who recently committed to TCU. So if you're a TCU fan and you're down there, you might want to go check out Melissa's pool. Um, and they've got a, a really good running back um, as well. So Melissa, I've seen him in a couple of qualifying tournaments, and they, they really looked the part. And they actually played – uh, and a couple of Division One tournaments after they qualified just to kind of get some work in, and, and were pretty dominant in those tournaments as well, beating up on a lot of 6A schools. So uh, really intrigued to see Melissa and their district rival, Paris. Uh, Paris played in one qualifier and just destroyed uh, the four teams that they played by a combined score of 183-21, to 21, I believe, in mm. four games. Just dominated. Uh, interested to see if that carries over. I mean, Paris always is very, very athletic. They're going to have good depth. So interested to see what they do, um, and I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of good things about Brownwood. Uh, they're in Pool L, which I think we'll talk about in a minute as being a really tough pool. Brownwood's played very well this summer, and then I want to give a good look over in Pool C at Goliad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about Goliad. Uh, we have him ranked very highly in the magazine. Uh, this is the second straight year they qualify for state seven on seven. Uh, I'm inter- interested to see if, if if they can make a deep run in what I think is a pretty decent pool as well. You know, and, and looking at these pools now, which again you can see at TexasFootball.com and 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 Texas7on7.org is the official website if you want to go onto there as well. You know, you mentioned Melissa, and I immediately go and look at their pool because I guess I had really taken into account. But but boy, howdy, Melissa, Pleasant Grove, Pleasanton, Stephenville, that is a loaded loaded pool. But it seems like you know looking across. There's a number of pools that you could say that about. Is there Which ones do you have your eye on? I know you mentioned Pool L with Brownwood as well. Yeah, so Pool I, uh, funny, when the pools got released, uh, Josh Gibson at Pleasant Grove, uh, defending state champion Pleasant Grove, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, uh, texts me right away and goes, did I make somebody mad at the state 7-on-7 <laughs> seven seven board? My goodness. And I said, yeah, I mean, that's a good pool you got. You know, I mean, I, you know, Pleasant Grove and Melissa played in the fourth round of the playoffs last year. Uh, and I actually covered that game. That was a really, you know, Pleasant Grove. That was really the game I thought uh, in the in the playoffs that Pleasant Grove kind of made their announcements to the state that they were a, a bona fide title contender by just just blitzing Melissa uh, in that state quarterfinal game. But then you got Stephen. Oh, just you know, then you just have Stephenville in there as well. Oh yeah, who made the state semifinals last year? So and then Pleasanton is. I think they were ten and two last year. That's a really good pool. Uh, you're looking for teams that are good in real football. Um, I think Pool L is good with Brownwood uh, and Midlothian Heritage kind of being the highlights of that pool. Uh, but Silsby is – I saw Silsby in the Houston qualifier. They are as athletic as it gets, and they're, they're really dangerous. And then, you know, Fairfield is no slouch either. Um, that's a good good pool as well. And then, um, you know, I, I think Pool E with Quero, mm-hmm. Graham, and Needville is, is another uh, really intriguing pool as well, especially Quero. You know, Jordan Whittington hasn't played this summer. Um, I think he was nursing just nur- nursing injury, and, and Coach Reed just kind of held him out of 7-on-7 seven, uh, seven for the most part to kind of let him get healed up. And I'm wondering, I've, I've heard he may try to give it a go this week as, as he's back to 100%. Um, so interested to see how much better he makes the Gobblers, who, who actually made a really good run last year. I believe Quero uh, was one of the teams I referenced to. I think that they made the quarterfinals last year. And 
obviously turned that into a really good fall season. Uh, I think going 13 and one. So uh, those are probably the the top three pools that I'm I'm looking at in a division two. Yeah, and in pool E, another thing to mention is you know we mentioned Graham in that district or in, in that pool, and you say okay, well that's a, that's a good team. Well, Graham is a is traditionally an excellent seven on seven team as well. I mean, this is a team yes, that, that they, has great success. Yes, they, they're def- defending seven on sevens champions from last year. Turned that into a 14 and one season last year, and have won. I believe back, they've won three seven on seven titles in the past five years. So definitely in Division Two, uh, if you're looking for one of the favorites, Graham, Graham would be in the mix. They're a little bit young this year, uh, maybe a year away from really making some noise, kind of in a transition year after graduating a real good group of seniors. But that young group of steers has gotten better every tournament this summer, and you can see that kind of experience and them kind of growing uh, on the fly. Uh, we're talking with Matt Step previewing the state seven on seven tournament here on Texas Football Today. It's going on this weekend down in College Station. The entire DCTF crew will be there with continuous coverage of the state seven on seven tournament at TexasFootball.com. Step, there is a new division this year, Division Three for the first time, um, and this will include three A Division two teams and below, um, which can include um, some six man teams. It can include uh, you know anything down to two A Division two. There are no private schools here, but just the smallest small schools. So I'm interested in in how you think this is going to affect the overall seven on seven tournament and the overall seven on seven scene? The addition of the division three. Um, I don't think from a from a tournament formatting perspective, it's not going to affect anything. That the tournament's not going to last any longer. Uh, the division three bracket is basically going to be played uh, concurrently on Friday with the division two consolation bracket. So. From a, a game, number of games going on at the same time perspective, uh, it won't really uh, affect things uh, very much at all. So um, I'm super excited about it because you, you've got a bunch of schools um, who chose not to play 7-on-7 seven seven in the past because of the size disparity. So now you've got, I think it was 10 of the 16 teams maybe. I think it's, it's 9 or 10. Um, and I, I listed that, them as well on the 7-on-7 seven seven primer. But there's 9 or 10 teams in the of the 16 in Division Three, it's their first time ever going to College Station to play in State Seven on Seven, and these communities are super fired up about it. I got a text from uh, Coach Jenkins at Tenaha, the new head coach at Tenaha, and he's just talking about how his kids are just really, really fired up to be playing in the Seven on Seven State Tournament and, and to have a chance to kind of go play on this big stage. So I'm really excited to see some of these uh, some of these smaller teams that have not had a chance to play before uh, get a chance to go out there and show what they can do because you know those small towns they're going to show up and to support their kids. So there'll be some, some raucous crowds on the sidelines, I'm sure, on Thursday. It's a, it's a smaller field, just 16 teams there, uh, compared to the, boy, 64 in Division One. Uh, so overall, you know, it's a little bit easier to wrap your, your arms around. Give me a couple of teams, uh, maybe even a pool or two, that you're especially excited about. I'd say that the pool that I'm probably most excited about to, to see, I think Pool H, a uh, really good pool with uh, Lexington uh, and Wellington, who uh, both qualified for the state seven on seven last year when there was no Division three. They actually qualified with the Division two schools. Uh, Lexington traditionally has been a very good seven on seven team. Wellington as well. Uh, then you throw in Lovelady and Tenaha, who bring a lot of athleticism and speed to the table. Uh, interested to see that pool. And I, I like Pool P. Uh, you have Alpine, who actually is the only team in the bracket uh, in this Division three bracket who made made it to Division Two winner's bracket last year and actually won their first winner's – I mean, Alpine was in the final 16 uh, in Division Two last year. They, they fell to Graham uh, in the uh, round of 16 last year who went on to win the state title. So I'm really excited to see Alpine, and they, but they have to match up with Gunner, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we know what Gunner can do, and then they match up with a, a really good Fall City squad. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson at quarterback leads the Beavers. And then uh, you've got an up-and-coming Johnson City program led by David T. Sign, the new head coach there, who's got folks uh, in Johnson City really mm-hmm. excited about the Eagles. So I think those are two good pools. And if you're looking for a team outside of those two pools to watch, um, you definitely have to keep an eye on Sonora and, and how dominant they were in their qualifying tournament. Sonora um, is a regular to state 7-on-7 tournament, very good in the fall and very good at 7-on-7. Uh, I remember last year they played they played Gilmer in pool play, and me and Max uh, rode over there and watched that, and, and Sonora handled Gilmer pretty easily. So they really kind of made some noise last year down in College Station as well. Finally, you know, Step, I know that a lot of people are, you know, if they heed our advice, they'll be flocking to, to, to College Station because they want to uh, to hang out with you and your big dumb hat. Yeah. Um, I am very, you know, for people who are maybe making their first trip down uh, to College Station for the State 7-on-7 tournament, what advice would you give maybe spectators or people who, who want to come in and, uh, and, and watch the action? Uh, first thing, bring a chair. Uh there's not, there's not, there's, there are a few fields of bleachers, but they are few and far between. Uh, I would bring a chair, bring a cooler. You know, if you have one of those rolling coolers, bring, bring a cooler with some drinks. Uh, sunblock. The weather looks, knock on wood, looks okay for this weekend. It's going to be hot, but not ridiculous hot, but still uh, lots of sunscreen and definitely a hat. Now, whether or not it's a big dumb hat like I like to wear mm-hmm. or just a regular ball cap, definitely, uh, definitely bring a hat. Um, and then I would say, uh, I'd say go to the bathroom before you leave, just in case, because lots of people are out there, you know, and, and bathrooms are few and far between, so you get a little grimy in there. So I would uh, definitely uh, take a bathroom visit before I go out there. He there, oh, before go ahead. before you send him out of here, yes. a couple a couple news and notes from some of our our commenters, which are good. Not on TV. Is only one way no, you're no, going to no, see no, this. No. You got to be way there. You're going to see it is if you come out there. Follow us on Twitter. Check out TexasFootball.com for updates. Uh, Tony Blaylock says, bring at least a gallon of sunscreen. That might be conservative. Blaylock yeah, also makes yeah. a great point. He, uh, you know, the opening is also this weekend. A lot of players, star players that you might be expecting to see also doing the opening. I know, Matt, you and I talked about this. You know that a few players are still going to try and play at this and then go to the opening, right? There's, it's hard to know for sure all the guys. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell who how long they're going to stay on Saturday. But right. I've been told that most uh, most of them plan because on the opening registration isn't until uh, Saturday afternoon in Frisco. Yeah. Uh, and I've been told most of the players, you know, most most of the the, the, game, the final game on Saturday wraps up around three or four. Yeah, if memory serves. So I think if anyone is playing in the championship game in the semifinals, they're probably going to stick around uh, until to see to see things through and then go up to Frisco. Uh, in, right. in, in the opening it, to me personally just this is this matt step talking i think it would be kind of a bad look if you left your team in the semifinals to go mm-hmm. go to a uh, event uh, that's really an individual showcase for recruiting um i don't think that would be a great look and wouldn't set a good precedent with your teammates but you know to each his own but i, I think most of them are probably going to stick around and, and play all the way through and plus most of them won't have to right i mean it's not like they're all going to advance to the semifinals. yeah most of them are anyway. you know m- through attrition, most of the teams will be eliminated. Uh, I guess the one the one I'll be interested to see is Garrett Wilson because yeah. Lake Travis is a great shot. Garrett Wilson is in the opening, number one. Uh, he's invited to that, the Ohio State commit from Lake Travis. Uh, and number two, his team has a great chance to – I mean, they're one of the favorites to win it all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, if he sticks it all the way through or if he leaves uh, early to go register at the opening. So, you know, just I'm just speaking for me. I, I would stay and play with my teammates, but, you know, that's just me talking. He is Matt Step. Follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Step up at eight one seven two Ts two Ps. 
And That's right. Two the, T's and two P's. The Texas High School Football Insider. Follow him on Twitter, and we will and and make sure you go say hi to him at if you see him in his big dumb hat driving around yeah, a golf cart. Big old at, gardening at, hat at seven on seven. Uh, Step, appreciate yes. your time, and I will see you in College Station tomorrow evening. We'll see y'all tomorrow. All right, there he goes, Matt Step, Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider with some tips and notes for the state seven on seven tournament. Big primer up on TexasFootball.com right now. We will have a lot more preview information coming up here today and tomorrow, leading up to the kickoff of the state seven on seven tournament Thursday down there in College Station, where we will have complete coverage at TexasFootball.com. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Max Matt Stepp was at a state a qualifying tournament for 7-on-7 seven seven where he ran into the head coach of the Crum Bobcats entering his second year. Coach Alan O. Excited to see what Crum does in his second year. And first, really first full year because you know he took over right before the season started uh, there at Crum. Um, coach O. was nice enough to chat with Matt Stepp. Here is Matt Stepp's interview with Crum Coach Alan O. here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football back here at the Salina 7-on-7 seven seven state qualifying tournament. Here with the head coach of the Crumb Bobcats, Coach Alan O. Coach, uh, thanks for taking a few minutes to uh, chat with us before your kids uh, get going today. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. All right, Coach. Uh, obviously, you're heading into your second season here at Crumb, full uh, as the head coach. You've been at Crumb for a few years. Yes. Uh, first full off season as a head coach. Things are a little less hectic this year, I'd imagine. I'm sure your head's not spinning in a million different directions like it was last year. So uh, just talk about how the, the, the difference of this offseason and last offseason. You know, after the season ended, you can kind of, um, you know, most head coaches have about two or three months before they start wanting to implement their stuff in, you know, uh, before their season starts, you know. Um, I took over two days, and then so after the season, I kind of was able to implement the plan that I really wanted, you know, kind of my vision of the program, my culture. Um, so... It, you know, it's all gone really well. It's really smooth. Um, you know, I've uh, actually had a, um, you know, a definitive schedule now rather than before where it was kind of just on and off with, you know, teaching classes and whatnot. So it's been great. Yeah, so you, uh, we talked last year. I covered one of your games last year. You were mentioned you were, you, were, you were the head coach, but you were still in the classroom because you took over so late they didn't have a chance to find a replacement for you um, in the classroom. So I'm sure just being able to be full-time athletic director and do all the things that you need to do has probably helped out quite a bit, right? Yes, uh, you know, uh, well, we, we kind of split up the duties now. So I'm the boys, and then we have our girls' basketball coach. She's a girls' um, coordinator. So um, just having that split right there has helped out tremendously with that. And then, you know, um, we kind of got in a rhythm and a definitive schedule with, you know, I was teaching three days in the classroom and then two days working on athletic director stuff. So it was pretty nice. I got in a rhythm, and, uh, you know, things just started working out really well for us. All right, now, go, looking back, you've had a full year to kind of be the head coach. Is there anything – Going back, if you could go back in time and tell tell yourself in August, hey, this is what you need to know when you're the head coach versus now, what, what would you tell yourself? Uh, you know, being a math guy, um, you know, we always like precise numbers and precise um, results. Um, but, you know, with this, like you can't you, – you can't be ready for everything, I guess, you know, um, all the hats, the AD wears, um, just um, all the small stuff and on top of being a football coach and then on top of teaching after that. So – to me, you just got to kind of take it one day at a time and don't let things stress you out and just kind of roll with it. 
All right, now uh, we're out here at the seven on seven tournament. It's not real football, I know that. Uh, but you know, and you being an old line, old old line guy, you probably appreciate having the big boys out here. But but I'm sure there's some positives you can take from your program and out out from today. What do you want to see from your kids while they're competing today? Uh, basically, just having fun. Um, kind of, we got a new offense and defense coordinator, so just kind of working our our things um, in seven on seven, and then just you know having them, giving them the opportunity just to compete together in the summer. Because, you know, it's hard for us, you know, um, to get all the kids together at the same time. You know, we got a whole bunch of kids on vacation and whatever the case may be. But this gives them a chance to compete to get to, uh, together and it's on a stage. And so it's not just like summer workouts or anything like that. So that's what I really love about 7-on-7. Seven seven. You know, on top of the throwing and the catching, just getting all the reps, just the, the environment that they'll be in together in the summer. All right. Now, a final question for you. Uh, there, you know, you did go to high school and were a teammate of a uh, one, a Greg T- Topper, Greg <laughs> Tepper, Greg Tepper. It's Greg Tepper. You were a teammate of his in high school. Do you have any any good Greg Tepper stories you can tell me? Or being an O line guy, and I know Tepper Tepper claims he was an offensive lineman at Coppell. What would what would your scouting report evaluation be of Greg Tepper as a high school football player? You know, Tepper was. A very integral part of our team. He was the one who just kept the sideline going, you know, when we're on the field and, you know, kept us ready to go and just kept us playing no matter what. So, um, but he was a great teammate, man. It's one of those things like, you know, you always ask for, like, who was the best teammate. And he was one of the best teammates we've ever had on our team. So, so you're saying Tepper uh, was, kept the sidelines loose is what you're saying, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He kept the <laughs> sidelines loose. He kept it high. I think he won, like, our Spirit Award or something, you know. So I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Good. All right, Coach, appreciate your time. Enjoy watching your kids compete, and uh, good luck in 2018. All right, thank you. Good job. There he is, Alan Al, the head coach of the Crump Bobcats, joining us here in Texas football today. Appreciate him. Waxing nostalgic about birthday boy and former do you know what he, do you know? Do you know why he says he kept the sidelines loose? Because yeah. I never got off the sidelines. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty easy way to keep the sidelines loose. I think he was – he said he said all that the nicest way possible. Yeah, he did. Alano was very good at football, and I was not. But I yeah. had a jersey. But he's he's built like a brick s house. He was well. He was our center. Yeah, and, he looks like a. And a he was stout really center. good at it too. Yeah. He was very good, and and you know how you talk about how the center on your offensive line needs to be like the captain and like yeah. get everybody. Also, he needs was, to be one of the smartest guys. Yeah, yes, for sure. Alan was the perfect choice for that. So we appreciate Alano, head coach at Crum. It would have been nicer Trump if he'd have made more funny. We go to Max, 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 too many, too many M's. Too many M's. We go today. to Max Thompson for the award-winning segment, Final Thoughts. Oh, baby, you have no idea how happy y'all made Corey Hogue by saying two T's and two P's. It's catching on, and now he's just going to have suggestions left and right. Two T's, two P's? From, from two the remote, T's, two P's, all business. Yeah, right. From the remote office out in uh, Wichita Falls, yeah. Corey Hogue coming up with a tagline for Matt Stepp. Ridiculous. Uh, Jim Larry want to know what is the opening? Uh, oh, it's that's how do you describe that? So it's in a, one it's sentence? a it's a it's a recruiting combine. It's yeah. like a na- it's like a national recruiting yeah. combine. It's invite only. Um, Nike puts it on. I think there's one other company that's really involved with it. Yeah. Um, uh, it's an excuse for a lot of recruiting people to go and talk to recruits and ask yeah. them where they're leaning. Yeah. Um, it's fine if you're into that kind of thing. It's yeah. fine. It's whatever. Uh, Corey also asked what uh, what what hat Matt would be wearing. If you're used to seeing him with the backwards Ooh, hat, yeah. which we all are, you will be disappointed at State because he wears a giant 
Big dumb hat. Straw garden it is, hat. It's I'm, amazing. I made the point in the in the meeting yesterday. It is borderline sombrero. Like it is. It'll come out to to here. It'll come out like four Matt steps. Inches. Matt oh, steps a big guy, and he the is. hat looks big on him. Yeah. Matt, so. yeah, Matt Step. If, if you've never met Matt, he's a you know how sometimes like people they yeah. see him on TV and they're like, oh, you're smaller than I thought. Yeah, that no. never happened to Step. No. He's a big dude. His biceps are bigger than your head. Yes, so, he's a uh, big dude, but his hat will make him look small. Make fun of his hat at yes. your own peril. <laughs> uh, Tony Blaylock says, "Happy National Chocolate Pudding Day." Oh, it's not a bad. Pudding. I like birthday. chocolate pudding. Yeah, right. That's like a bad. Pudding. Not a bad birthday treat mm-hmm. to be lined up with. Um. Bob McSpatten still has not gotten his magazine. That is not going to fly. He is That's not cool. He's football royalty in this state. We need to. I don't know. If, the, if it doesn't come today, Bob, email one of us. We'll talk to you, buddy. Um, a shout out to everyone else. Uh, curious uh, how many of uh, y'all are actually going to be at 7 on 7. Probably not many, which is probably the smart move. But mm-hmm. you can follow the action on TexasFootball.com. I think we're going to tape tomorrow's episode because we're going to be packing up to hit, hit the road. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is probably the last time we talk to you guys live before we're in College Station. Yeah, and then, by the way, so I should give everybody a, a heads up. We are off Thursday. Obviously, we're in 7 and 7. Friday, we're off. We're at 7 and yeah. 7. Uh, we're off Monday because I have something I have to do around here. Yeah. Um, and then, But we will be back Tuesday. And um, Can you not say what you're doing? Before, I mean, I'm doing a radio thing. Yeah, you're not going to promote that? I, I'm, I'm host, co-host. Greg's on the ticket. Anyway. Um, and then Wednesday's the fourth, and then we will have a show Thursday the fifth. But then I'm out on the sixth. I'm going to Chicago for a wedding. So, um, we're basically saying no promises on shows for like the next two weeks. But yeah, we'll be here be, when we're here. We will be here when we're here, and we will be talking to you, the loyal viewer. That's right. That's gonna do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for a taped show on Texas Football Today.